Good morning. It's a good day to worship our Father in heaven. Good to see plenty of visitors joining us this morning. Thank you for blessing us with your presence. Good to see God's family gathered here. Uh, also, those of you on Zoom, uh, it's a great day of worship. Amen. Well, the sermon this morning is titled, Together in Christ, right? Together in Christ. I, I want us to consider some definitions first of this adverb, this word, together, right? Together means, let me change the slide here for you. Together means in or into one place, mass, collection, or group. Kind of like us being here in this building to give you a Bible verse, uh, Bible verse where this togetherness is seen is in Acts chapter 20, verse 7 and verse 8. The Bible says, now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lambs in the upper room where they gathered together. That's the first meaning here, all right? Together in one place. Here's another definition here. In or into contact, connection, collision, or union. Kind of like baking a cake, right? You bring these different ingredients and you have to bring them together in contact with one another to bake a cake, to give us a, a scripture on this idea in Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and, and verse 4, when someone is baptized, he is contacting the death and burial of Jesus Christ. He is united with that fact of the gospel. Romans 6, verse 3 and 4, Paul says, or do you not know that many of us, as we're baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, were, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised uh, from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. And the last one here to consider means in or into agreement or harmony. I think about a full orchestra, a symphony, all these different uh, instruments in harmony together to per perform this masterpiece. An example that is in the Bible is the plea that the Apostle Paul gave to those in Corinth, right? He wanted them to be in harmony together, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, the Bible says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind, and in the same judgment. So when we say together in Christ, we know as Christians, right, preaching to the choir, we know that this is more than just, what is this now? This is more than just being gathered together in the same location, right? Uh, to give you an example of a church that gathered in the same place, but we're not together in Christ. 
Let's go to 1 Corinthians in our Bibles. Notice chapter 11. All right. 1 Corinthians 11. The Corinthians in chapter 11, as we see in Paul's letter there, were together in one place, but they were not together in Christ in their practice. Let's notice that passage. 1 Corinthians 11, 17 through 22. Paul writes, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together, right in the same place, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? I do not praise you, right? The Corinthians needed to be together in Christ. Right? They were in the same meeting place, right? But spiritually, they were not together. That's why we understand together in Christ is more than just being here together. This is a product of being together in Christ or the byproduct of being together in Christ. But we know it's more than just coming together physically. Also, we know that together in Christ is more than belonging to a group of, of people or a group of people with different backgrounds and ethnicities and culture. Well, that's a blessing here in Honolulu Church of Christ. We're, we're, we're like a melting pot for the lack of a better uh, description. We're mixed race in this congregation, right? Filipino, white, black, Caucasian, so, so on, so forth. Chinese, Japanese. If I didn't mention, please forgive me, right? But we're, but we're mixed. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot someone. Yeah. <laughs> but we're a mixed group. But often, often is the case, and we see in the New Testament, these differences, they, they divide us. It becomes a dividing point, right? Uh, one of my dear friends once wisely said that one of the most segregated days in America is Sunday, right? And we want for that day to end, for, for, for the segregations in the church to come to an end because we're meant to be together. To give you an example in the Bible, right? We're looking at the scriptures, the Jews made their culture and their practice of the, of the, of the law of Moses, which was a dead law, they made that uh, a dividing point, if you will, right? They binded on the Gentiles. Notice with me in Acts chapter 15. Did I not put a verse up there? I thought I did. In Acts chapter 15, verse 4 through 9, right? Notice this. The Bible says, now, when they had come to Jerusalem, they received, uh, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all things that God had done with them. This is Paul and Barnabas, right? They, they've been preaching and ministering to the Gentile nations, and now they're coming back to report, sort of like a missionary coming to the home church to report 
you know, their work. That's what Paul and Barnabas were doing here. And what happened was some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and to, to command them to keep the law of Moses. A law given only to the Jew. The Jew turns around. We're all in Christ now. The Jew turns around and says, you need to obey this law too. Right? And the Bible says, now the apostles and the elders came together to consider this matter. And when, they had, when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, men and brethren, you know that a good while ago, God chose among us that by the mouth of the Gentiles, but by my mouth, the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us and made no distinctions between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Right? So we're supposed to be together. So it's more than just belonging to a group with different backgrounds. And th those backgrounds, we should not let those be a dividing point between us. Right? So it's more than, than just that. So then the question follows. And what does it mean to be together in Christ? Then? Right? What does it mean to be together in Christ if you haven't turned already to Acts chapter 2, verse 45, or 44 and verse 45, that context, that area right there, that's where our lesson is going to come from. So turn there with me. To be together in Christ means this, right? To be together in Christ means together because of Christ. Together because of Christ. Notice Acts 2 and verse 44. The Bible says, Now all who believed were together. Right? The scriptures identify who's together. Who are together here? Those who believe. The question that follows, what did they believe? What did they believe? We, we go back to the beginning of Acts chapter 2. The Spirit of God fell on the apostles. The people, right, from different nations that were there, they heard this, and they gathered together. They weren't together in Christ yet. They gathered together, they heard the same sound, and they came together to the apostles. Peter got up, and he preached about Jesus, right? He preached Jesus crucified, as Paul said. He preached Jesus buried and resurrected. That's what they believe, right? And that is the cause or the reason why these were together. They were together because they believed in the message of Jesus. They believed that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for their sins, and he was resurrected. And Peter in the sermon, I want us to look at this sermon, verse 36 through 43. Notice what they believe, right? So Peter if you're not there yet, in Acts 2, verse 36 through verse uh, 43, Peter continues or brings the sermon in conclusion. He says, therefore, what's the therefore? Therefore, th this Jesus that God has attested to through miracles he performed, which you know. This Jesus 
that was dead and now is alive, that God raised from the dead, this Jesus who is now king, his Messiah, not David, he is still dead, but this Jesus, right? This Jesus he, who is now Lord and Christ, Peter says that all the house of Israel know assuredly that God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter gives an answer. This is what you need to do to be saved. He says, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, in breaking of bread, in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done by the, uh, through the apostles. And then to verse 44, now all who believed were together. We're together because of the message of Christ. Isn't that why we're together? Didn't we all believe in the gospel message of Jesus Christ? That's why we're together. Right? We're together because we shared a common problem. Right? We had a problem with sin. And God gave a, a, an answer to our problem. We share the common solution to our problem. Jesus is the reason for our togetherness. So together in Christ means together because of Christ. All right? Together because of Christ. Number two this morning, together in Christ means together for Christ. It's almost like because. It's different. We're together for the sake of the name of Christ. For the sake of the cause of Christ. In other words, together in purpose. What is our purpose but to be together, to serve the Lord together. Together in Christ means together for him. First together because of him, then together for him. So in purpose, notice the last part of verse 44. The text says, again, reading first in the last part, now all who believe were together, and it says, and had all things in common. We share some commonalities we share the common faith, Jude wrote. I, I would love to have written to you concerning our common salvation, but I write to you to earnestly contend for the faith which was one for all delivered to the same. In other words, as Christians, we are to be together in the fight for what is good, for the good fight of faith. All right? To be together for Christ means a togetherness that promotes who he is. A togetherness that shows the world this group of people belongs to Jesus. That shows the world that Jesus existed. That Jesus came into the world 
and die for the world. I want us to notice uh, verse 45 through 47 there of our text. Acts chapter 2, verse 45 through 47. The text continues on, and it says, And sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily together, with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and the simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Another passage, if you skip forward to Acts 4 and verse 32, it says the same thing. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul, neither did anyone say that anything or any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Now, backing up to Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, right, there's a key phrase there. It says there in verse 47, having favor with all the people. In other words, there were people there that saw the togetherness of the disciples, and they find that something good. As something good. They probably wonder. I want to be part of that. What is this group? Why are these people selling all their possessions. And giving it for each other. Why? What, what is this group? This is the type of togetherness. That Jesus prayed for. Right? If you go with me to John chapter 17. And verse 20 through 23. Notice that Jesus prayed for us. To have this togetherness. To, to, to be together for his namesake, for the goal that preaches his name. The Bible says in John 17, verse 20 through 23, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, through the apostles' word, that is, that they all may be one together as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Notice this. That the world may believe that you sent me together for the sake of Christ. For the sake of the world. So the world can see that we're one. That God has sent his son. Continue on. And the glory which you gave me, I've given them. That they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me. That they may be perfect. And they be, may be made perfect in one. That the world may know that you have sent me and I've loved them as you have loved me. All right? This is the togetherness that we often talk about and often are admonished about in the scripture. Love one another. Jesus said in John 13, verse 34 and verse 35, this new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you continue to love one another. Jesus says, by this type of togetherness, by this love, right? Paul says love is a perfect bond. It's the bond of perfection. By this love, Jesus said, all will know that you are mine, that you are my disciples. Notice what Paul says here in Philippians 1, verse 27, right? Paul says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come to you or am, or am absent, 
I may hear of your, of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, in one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. In other words, together in Christ means together for Christ, for the sake of his name, for the sake of Christianity, for the sake of his cause of saving souls. And then finally this morning, together in Christ means together with Christ. Right? Together in Christ means together because of him, together for him, and together with him. Right? With Christ. That means together in fellowship. We see that in verse 44 and verse 45, but we need to back up and notice verse 41 and verse 42. The Bible says this, then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 were added to them, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Together with Christ means together in fellowship with him. All right. Paul gives a warning in 2 Corinthians 7. Be not unequally yoked together with the world. So we're not together with them. But we're not, we're not in fellowship with the world. Paul says, do not be unequally yoked together with the unbelievers. Right? For what, what does righteousness have to do with unrighteousness? What does the temple of God have to do with the temple of false gods? In order for us to be together in Christ, we need to be together like they were together. They were together in doctrine. Right, the Bible says they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. In other words, to have fellowship with one another, to have fellowship with Christ, we need to have the same doctrine. The doctrine of Christ. Right? The law of Christ. 2 John verse 9 through 11. John gives warning to the Christians and he says, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ hath both the Father and the Son. In other words, they are in fellowship with the Father and the Son. And then it continues. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Church. We are not together with denominationalism. They don't preach this Christ. They preach some other Christ. They don't preach salvation through belief and baptism. They preach salvation through sinner's prayer and, and, and asking Jesus to come to your heart. Baby baptism, the list is long. We are not in fellowship with them. But we are called to be in fellowship with one another. All right. Notice what we covered in our lesson. Together in Christ means together because of Christ. We share that in common. Together in Christ means together for Christ. That means that I'm for you and you're for me. And we're for him. All right? I know sometimes that we don't see things eye to eye. Let's not forget we're on the same team. All right? We're together. But this is 
the part where we part fellowship when it comes to together with Christ. This is where, I'm not saying the other two is, is not serious, it's pretty serious. When the doctrine is not right, we are not together. Right? So the teachings of Christ must be our foundation in order to be together with Christ, with one another. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1. Notice with me, 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. John says, that which we have seen and we have heard and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. Notice that. He says, we're preaching to you, Jesus, so that you may know we are in fellowship because of what we have revealed to you. And he continues on, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, and these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice, notice this, the truth, the teaching, right, the doctrine. He continues on, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, the, uh, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And the word, God's word, is not in us. Together with Christ means together in doctrine, together in the breaking of bread, together in prayer, together in worship, just like they did as we read in Acts chapter 2. This morning... Again, the question, what does it mean to be together in Christ? It means together because of Christ. We are all the same in need of saving. We all share the same Savior, Jesus. And we are here together this morning, I truly believe, because of him. Right? Because of what he did for us. Together in Christ means together for the cause of Christ. Are we in the same fight? Are we for the same things? Are we striving together for the gospel of the faith of Christ? That's what it means. That means I'm willing to put aside whatever differences I have with you and you with me. I'm willing to forgive any wrongdoing that you've done to me, and you'd be willing to forgive any wrongdoing that I've done to you for the sake of Christ, for the togetherness of the saints. And together in Christ means together with Christ. That is, we're walking hand in hand with one another, walking in the light and not in the darkness. Let's pray together.
our Holy Father in heaven, creator of all, King of kings and Lord of lords, God, you are the one and only true God. And Father, we thank you for the reminder this morning from your word. For us, your church, here at Kemoku and as a whole, Lord, to strive to be together. To be together because of your son, Jesus, and what he's done for us. To be together for your work, for your glory. To be together in purpose. To be together with you to walk in your commandments and be in fellowship with you and with one another. Forgive us, Father, when we fall short in this regard and help us to strive and to always endeavor to, to maintain the unity of the faith in the Spirit. Help us, Lord, to preach your Son to this world within this community by showing first our togetherness and our love for one another. Thank you so much for your mercy and your grace towards us. From this point forward, we ask, Father, that you guide us, that we commit to your words, to live by your commandments, that we will start, strive from this point forward to be together in your Son, Jesus. May the glory be yours. In the name of Jesus, amen. We're going to sing a song of encouragement, and it, it's our custom here to offer the invitation of our Lord Jesus to anyone who has not obeyed the gospel. I want you to hear me this morning. If you have not obeyed the gospel, God loves us. God loves you. John 3, 16, he the Bible says he loved the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you know that you are in your sins and you have not been forgiven, I want you to know God loves you and he wants what is best for you. He wants you to be forgiven. But you need to be willing to accept that love. You need to believe that Jesus is his son. You need to repent of sin. In other words, to give up this life of sin. The truth of the matter is we all sin. Even after baptism, we're going to stumble. But there's a difference. If you're not in Christ, your sins are not covered. And God wants you to be in Christ. To be in Christ, you need to repent of your sins. You need to confess the name of Jesus. Confess that he is the son of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 10 tells us that with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You need to confess him before this assembly. And then after you confess the Lord Jesus, you need to be baptized. That is to be immersed in the water for the washing away of all your sins. God forgives our sins. He loved us that much. He gave us a way out of judgment. Right? He showed us mercy instead of judgment. And the Bible tells us mercy triumphs over judgment. Will you receive God's mercy this morning?
by putting on his son, Jesus Christ, in baptism. You can fill this water up, this, this baptistry. It takes two minutes or three minutes. We can immerse you today, and you can walk away with joy, having your sins forgiven. Maybe you've done this, and you've been going through a rough time. You have some challenges that you're facing that you need some prayers for. We want to pray with you and for you. Let us know how we can serve you. Whatever the case may be, if you're subject to the Lord's invitation, please come. He wants you to come. Come as we stand and sing the song of encouragement.